Good morning. It is good to see everyone here today at the Willow Avenue Church of Christ. If you're visiting, we are glad to have you in our midst, and we hope you'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock as we continue our worship together. I will not be here tonight because I am going to be speaking on a vacation Bible school at the Hillcrest Congregation, which I believe is in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and Ben will be preaching tonight. So you'll get some good preaching, and of course, we want to be back together with God's people. This morning, we are going to be talking about the subject of the imagination. When we talk about the imagination, we're talking about what goes on in your mind, your thought processes, and all of the planning and thinking that takes place in the heart of man. In 1971, John Lennon released a song entitled Imagine, and I really liked that song until one day I actually stopped and listened to the lyrics, and its message is really imagining a world without God, imagining a world without religion. In fact, listen to the beginning of this. He says, imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try, no hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries, it isn't hard to do, nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. You see, John Lennon understood the power of imagination. That is, if you want to change something, he's thinking society, you have to begin by getting people thinking that way. We're going to talk today about the subject of imagination from the Bible. This particular word, imagination or imaginations, is used about 20 times in the Old and New Testaments of the King James Version, but the concept appears many times in the Bible. Now, the scripture reading this morning, I'm going to read it again, and I want you to pay special attention. Genesis 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, that is, godly men, saw the daughters of men, that is, ungodly women, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all of which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty. That is, he is saying that in a hundred and twenty years I'm going to destroy the world with the flood. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, they bare children unto them. The same became mighty men of old, which were men of renown. Now listen to verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Now watch it. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 the Bible says about the ancient Gentiles, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You see, it is possible for a man to use his mind, to use his imagination, to use his mental resources for wickedness, and to devise evil plans. In fact, I want you to notice the important role that the imagination plays and whether we're pleasing to God, because the people of Noah's day, it said that they were living in rebellion to God, and one of the things specifically cited is their imagination. That is, the thoughts of their heart were evil. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is possible for us to live in rebellion to God, even though I might be doing the right things, it's possible to live in rebellion to God because of what's going on in my mind. A person could sit in the worship services, and he could go through the right actions and look to be holy. In fact, on, on the outside, be doing all the right things, but be displeasing to God because of what's taking place in his mind. Psalm 94 and verse 11 says, The Lord knows the thoughts of man. David wrote in Psalm 139 and verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart, that is the mind, Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. David understood that he could be displeasing to God simply by what's going on in his mind. Is he thinking evil about other people? Is he consumed with worldliness and pleasure? Does he never think things that are holy? Is he thinking lustful thoughts? Does he have hate in his heart? A man could be displeasing to God because of what's going on in his mind. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 22, Peter told Simon the sorcerer, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven. You see, it wasn't what he had done outwardly, it was the greed in his heart had condemned him in the sight of God. And brethren, the, the imagination is a very dangerous thing, and I want to tell you why. In fact, two reasons, really. The first reason is... The imagination is dangerous because it is where a lot of sins start. A lot of sin starts with a seed of thought. We entertain it in our minds. We imagine ourselves doing it. We see it. We picture it. And in our minds, it seems so pleasurable. And pretty soon, we start devising a way to do it. In fact, listen to Proverbs 30 and verse 32. If you have done foolishly and lifting up yourself... Or if you have thought evil, lay your hand over your mouth. Now notice what he says, lay your hand over your mouth. He says, if you have thought evil. Why does he say that? Why would you cover your mouth because you thought evil? Because what the Lord is telling us is many sins are committed in the mind long before they are acted out. And so when I've got that evil thought in my mind, Cover your mouth before it comes out because the seed starts in your mind. That makes it dangerous what goes on in your mind, in your imagination. Secondly, the imagination is dangerous because of the secrecy of it. Nobody else knows what's going on in my mind. And so we think about evil things. We entertain evil thoughts, maybe hatred, maybe revenge, things that I would never think if other people could see it. In fact, I want you to imagine, envision, what if I could pick out a person in the audience right now, I want to be careful not to point at anybody, pick out a person in the audience right now, and we could project their thoughts up on these two screens. Imagine if your thoughts through the worship service were projected up on the screens. Would that affect how you think? Would you think differently? What if we walked around with a bubble over our head, always showing what we are thinking. You see, that's not how it works, though. That's why this is dangerous. Our thoughts, our imaginations, they're secret. And so I can think evil. Nobody else knows it. The seed of many wicked things start in the mind, and it's secret. Those two things make it dangerous. Next, I want you to think with me about the prodigal son as an example of how the imagination works. 
Listen to this, Luke 15 and verse 11. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them came to his father and said, Father, give me the portion of the goods that fall to me. That is, he said, I want my inheritance now before you die. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together, and he took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, a mighty famine arose in the land, and he began to be in want. Now, this is what I want you to get. First, this young man imagined what it was going to be like in the far country. He didn't just randomly pop up and tell his, his father, I want the inheritance. He'd been thinking about this. He'd been imagining it, envisioning it in his mind. He probably thought about having all of that money and what it would be like, what a big man he would be. He thought about the exciting places he could visit, the things he could buy, the adventures he would have. He probably thought about the way women would flock to him. And as he thought about these things and he imagined it in his mind, he finally went to his father and he said, I want my inheritance. I'm going. But... What happened when he got there? The text says, there arose a mighty famine and he began to be in want. Here's the point. You see, it wasn't altogether the way he imagined it to be. And friends, that is always how it is with sin. We think about how pleasant it's going to be, but it never turns out that way. The devil uses our minds that way. He gets us to imagine the pleasure and the, the greatness of it all, but we never think beyond that. I want you to consider um, Adam and Eve. Here's the famine. I forgot to hit that slide. Think about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, as they're in the garden, Eve, no doubt, when the serpent comes to her, he tempts her. And she is thinking about, she's imagining this forbidden fruit and how great it's going to be and what it will be like to have her eyes opened. Maybe there's some curiosity working there. And there's an intrigue of what this is going to be like when I find out. But it doesn't turn out that way. You see, she never imagined the shame that would come. She never envisioned herself hiding from God in the garden. She's envisioning the taste of the fruit. She's envisioning her eyes being open. She's envisioning power that will come from it. She never considered being banished from the garden forever. She never thought in her imagination about the fact that through her deed, sin would enter the world and the consequences of it, that is, physical death, would pass upon mankind forever. She wasn't thinking about that. She was envisioning the pleasure. I want you to think about Judas Iscariot. At the moment that Judas decided to betray the Lord, what was going on in his imagination? He was probably envisioning that 30 pieces of silver. John 12 and verse 6 says he loved money. Maybe he was thinking about revenge. Some people have said, commentators have said, when you think about what would prompt Judas to betray Jesus, we always say the love of money. They said it had to be more than 30 pieces of silver. That really wasn't that much. And some have pointed to John chapter 12 and verse 6, where Jesus had just rebuked Judas in front of everybody. Maybe it embarrassed him. And you know, sometimes when someone embarrasses you and it gets your pride stirred up, maybe it's revenge he's thinking about. Maybe he's thinking, I'll show you. And maybe he's got that sweet 
taste of revenge, and he's thinking what it's going to be like when he gets even. I had a, a brother say to me one time that uh, he'd been so mad, he said he'd been laying awake at night in his bed thinking about how to get revenge on me. See, we do that sometimes. We envision that, and we think about the taste of sweet revenge. Maybe this is Judas. Maybe that's what's going on with him. But I tell you what he didn't imagine. He never considered how it was going to feel afterwards. He never envisioned himself, before he did this, he never, on the screen of his imagination, played the scene where he takes the money back and throws it down at the feet of the priest. He never envisioned the rope. He never envisioned the tree. He never envisioned his bowels bursting open. He never envisioned eternity and thought about himself being lost. Acts chapter 1, Peter says that Judas went to his own place. It's talking about a place of torment. I know that because he says it would have been better off that he had not been born. He never envisioned that. We need to control our thoughts, brethren, because your imagination can lead you down a road that goes deeper and deeper into ruin. The very famous serial killer by the name of Ted Bundy, when they interviewed him, you know, they like to interview serial killers and ask them, how'd you get here? Why are you like this? Or trying to figure out the mind of serial killers, and there's lots of programs like that on television now, but... Ted Bundy said what took him down this road, he said, was pornography. What do you mean? He said, I I watched these things, or I looked at these things, and he said, I would entertain it in my mind, and I would think about it, and then I wanted to act on it. And he said, it started in the imagination. What if the prodigal son, instead of envisioning spending the money and living the good life, what if he had envisioned the three H's? the hogs, the hunger, the humiliation, if he had envisioned those things, he probably wouldn't have gone. But you see, that's the way the devil works. He wants you to think of these things in the grandest light. He gives your imagination the scene with the most fantastic uh, image that he can come up with. You go down the road and you see billboards. What do you see on these signs? You'll see a handsome man and he's got a beautiful lady on each arm, and he's got alcohol in his hand. Why, does it, why did they do that? Advertisers are planting that seed because they want you to imagine. They want you to see yourself enjoying yourself this way, being this guy. You know, something that I think helps guard against sin is when you're faced with the temptation. I, I personally do this. When you are faced with the temptation Rather than starting to think about the pleasures of it, use your imagination for good. That is, use your imagination to think about the possible consequences instead of the pleasure of the sin. And so, imagine getting caught. Think about this sin. Imagine if someone catches you doing it. Imagine having to pay the penalty for this. Play that out in your mind. Imagine the feelings of hurt shame. Imagine the guilt of sin. Imagine the fact it's a sin against God. Imagine the Lord coming again and finding you engaged in that sin. 
Imagine the Lord coming on a Sunday night and you're at home forsaking the assembly because you're tired or you're with your friends or, or lazy or whatever it may be. Envision those things. I tell you, it has gone a long way over the years to help me stay free from certain temptations. And then use your imagination to consider the great pleasure of living right. Imagine not having to hide sin. Imagine a home where you've got peace and you love one another. Imagine living in a good conscience before God. Imagine being confident about your salvation because it will help you. I'm telling you, it really will help you. Consider the prodigal son again. Think if he had used his imagination for good, or think how he used his imagination for good to get himself back on the right track. Listen to this. Luke 15 and verse 17 says, And when he came to himself, he said, that is, he imagined this, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare? He starts thinking about the servants, and he's envisioning they have it better than I do. He's sitting there amongst the pigs, and he's thinking, they've got it better than I do. He thought about how it was at home. He thought about what it was like, <clears throat> like to be with them. Brethren, listen to this. A person will never do right until he first thinks right. I'm obviously having trouble with my throat today. A person will never do right until he first thinks right. Why is that? Because your actions start in your head. Now, is this a true statement? Listen to this. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart. The heart is the seed of the imagination. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What does that mean? The issues of life, the things that take place in your life, start in your mind. A person must first think right before he will do right. I want you to think about King David as an example of the danger of an uncontrolled imagination. 2 Samuel chapter 11, it's evening. David is not able to sleep. So he gets out of his bed and he walks around the roof of his palace and he looks down and he sees a beautiful woman, and she's bathing herself. And he starts to lust. And instead of turning and walking away, David lets his imagination go. And he starts thinking about this, and he starts thinking about her. And pretty soon, he's envisioning committing adultery with her. And in his mind, he has let this thing go wild. And then he starts thinking of a way to make it happen. Friends, that's how adultery oftentimes starts. It starts in the mind. A man or a woman imagines being with another person, and it seems so pleasant. It seems like such a great experience, and pretty soon, oftentimes, he is envisioning a way to make it happen. But you know what? Even before the actual act occurs, that man or woman has committed sin in their mind. Listen to this. Matthew 5, 28. Jesus said, but I say unto you that whoso looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. Not his heart, his, his heart, his mind. In his mind, he has sinned when he's gone through this process before he actually does it. Listen to Psalm 94 and verse 11. 
It says, the Lord knows your thoughts. You can sin in your mind before you even do it. Again, that's why it's so dangerous, because of the secrecy of it. We wouldn't sit and think thoughts like this about another woman or another man if we knew that it was going to be broadcast on the board and everyone could see it. Well, after David committed adultery with Bathsheba, he wanted to hide it. So his imagination goes to work again. And so he starts envisioning different scenes and different scenarios to try to figure out how to make Uriah think that this baby is his. And so he says, I'm going to have him come home and then he'll be with his wife and he'll think that, well, that doesn't work. And so finally, he paints a picture in his mind of a battlefield. And he's thinking, I can send him out and he'll get killed in the battle, and he envisions it, and he plays it out on the big screen of his mind, and then he orders it to take place. But his imagination, friends, his imagination did not paint the consequences of this sin. God punished David for the rest of his life because of this sin. The consequences of his sin haunted him for the rest of his life. He never dreamed, he never envisioned in his mind that little baby dying. He wasn't contemplating his own son raping his daughter. He never thought about his own son murdering another one. He didn't imagine one of his children, his son, rebelling against him and trying to take the throne and finally being killed in battle. I'm telling you, if he had allowed his imagination to see those things, instead of thinking about being in bed with Bathsheba, he would have never committed this sin. In Psalm 51 and verse 10, we see his repentance, and he writes, Create in me, O Lord, a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. In other words, clean out my heart and help my imagination to paint the right kind of pictures and not those that lead me into ruin. Now, we've been talking about bad ways to use your imagination. Let's turn this for a minute. Let's think about some good ways to use your imagination. I want you to think about using your imagination to practice the golden rule. Matthew 7 and verse 12 says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do you also unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. How can I follow the golden rule? How can I treat other people the way I want to be treated unless I stop and think about how I want to be treated? So here's a certain situation I've got to stop and think about that. I envision what I would like. That is, I'm going to use my imagination, and then I'm going to apply it to the other person. Now, contrast this with 1 John 3.15. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If you hate, the Lord said, you're not going to have eternal life. That is, you're not going to go to heaven if you have hatred in your heart. And so here's a brother who has wronged you in some way, and you know that as a Christian, you can't spit in his face. You can't go knock his block off. But you know what? You can't do it in your mind either. You might think, well, I know I can't punch him in the face, but you can't do it in your mind either. You see, there is a danger that even though I wouldn't do these things, I might sure be wishing that some evil things happen, happen to him, and I might just take pleasure thinking about those things. The Lord says, when I hate my brother in my heart, there is no eternal life 
abiding in me. Matthew 5, 44, Jesus said, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. This is hard stuff, but you see the difference? If I begin to see in my imagination bad things coming to my enemies, then I need to get down on my knees and pray, Lord, help me to change the scene and paint a different picture in my heart because I've got a heart problem and I don't want it to hurt me. This morning, how are you using your imagination in connection with the church? Do you imagine the church being clean and pure? Do you see yourself in your mind working to make this a different world that we live in? How about you personally? Do you use your imagination and see yourself bringing about love and unity? Or do you see yourself taking jabs at other people? Do you envision yourself as one who overlooks the flaws of other people and looks for the best in other people, or one who accentuates the worst and won't let it go? Do you envision yourself making the church more unified, or, now why am I saying all of this? Because what you do is going to start with what you envision. A person doesn't have a Bible study with another person until he first imagines himself having a Bible study with another person. A person doesn't have a good marriage until he first imagines himself having a good marriage. Why? Because imagination is part of the planning process. You see it and you plan it. Imaginations can be good or they can be bad, and it matters to God because it's just the blueprint of your heart. Where the Lord looks down in Genesis chapter 6 and he says, every imagination in their heart was evil. And he said they are corrupt. Why is that? Because the things they were seeing and planning and thinking about and lying on their beds at night, they were thinking evil things. This morning, do you imagine yourself teaching the lost? Do you imagine yourself tomorrow working out time to study your Bible? Do you paint a picture in your mind of praying more, being more diligent in attendance? You know, in the imagination, you could picture yourself here in the pew tonight and being here for the service, or you could picture yourself being somewhere else. Can you imagine planning to give more? you ever imagine heaven? Or how about this? Do you ever imagine the day of judgment? Brethren, these things, or how about this? Do you ever imagine hell and what it would be like to lift up your eyes and it's too late? These things are so important because what goes on in our minds affects what takes place in our lives. I'm going to close with this verse. Proverbs 23 and verse 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What does that mean? What takes place in my imagination, that's what I am. This morning, how have you been using your imagination? Have you been using it for a drawing board, for good or for evil? Proverbs 6, 18, The Lord hates a heart, that devises wicked imaginations? Or has your imagination been a place to plan for good, how you can make the church better, how you can more faithfully serve God? The answer to this question means eternity. If you're not a Christian this morning, can you see yourself surrendering, surrendering your life to Christ, having your sins forgiven? Can you see yourself as a sinner going forward, confessing Christ and being baptized? 
This morning, you've got that opportunity. If you're here today and you want to obey the gospel, the way a person does that is by hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized. If we can help you with that today, we would be delighted to do so. Maybe you're a member of the church and you've got sin in your life that you desire, the prayers of your brethren on your behalf. We would be honored to do that. This morning, if you need to come forward and respond to the invitation, please do so as together we stand and sing the invitation song.